<clears throat> so, for tonight's, this evening's episode, Decades in Horror, uh, you're listening to Tommy with the Horror Business Podcast. Um, <clears throat> the 7-Eleven near El Rey in Chino is giving away uh, the Limerita 24-ounce koozies. So, I guess if you're anywhere in the business for koozies... I always personally think drinks taste better out of koozies. I mean, even if you don't drink, I mean, Arizona teas will fit. Figure it out, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get into it this evening. Once again, I guess I could give another shout-out to Creekwater 100% Proof American Whiskey from this morning's podcast, if you were listening. And uh, So Instagram took this off. I'm assuming because of the picture, <clears throat> but um, I'll just read it anyway. So it's called One of the Same. We had the same name, came from the same place, and lived and died in the same, together as one. Another something, like a brother to counteract the weight. You take my side, I'll take yours. Miles in my shoes were the same as yours, but the fate is just the same. And every name, like every way and everything it was, perhaps it was only nothing, nothing at all, like everything else was. And then so, so is this, only nothing, but a loss of time. Well, that's a lot of other things as well, but we can hang around anytime you'd like now. Anytime you'd like, we'd sway and watch the breeze as it blows us by. And we swing just like we used to for nights on end, so it seemed to me. But nothing's been right for so long. But perhaps like us, it's the way it's always been. But youth is blinding and always wasted, unlike rope, tried and tested. And we could look on and over all it now, freer now, as the pine trees sway, like you and me. One with the cold wind that was blowing all the while, but now holds no power to knock you down. So hang around, proud, together free. We twine like rope, two peas in a pod, like the two we always were, and never apart like shadows on the wall. Was that you and me out in the hall? Perhaps it's empty sit, like it all, as empty as a photo, but out among the trees, we run forever free. Wind and hair and diamonds for eyes. Sweet surprise, you and I, one and the same. Or was it me or was it you and the way it's always been? Perhaps it was nothing, but meant everything to me, just like you did. But now no doors or holds the keys for open space and walls. Perhaps they don't exist at all. But space is space, and mine was one of which you never wasted, but now no time but into eternity to sit. So I pray you waste it, waste it all. I couldn't think of anyone better to hang out with than you. We'll have a swing in time. And I guess you could say that's like a short version for hanging around, I guess. But I don't, I don't know. Um, I think maybe my 
religious views could have been taken very poorly from something I had mentioned earlier. I just don't like to get religious or political was more or less what I was trying to say. In the writing of itself, I I have to say I it was an entirely separate issue and I was trying to make a point to that more or less. <clears throat> but uh this was inspired by Out of the Silent Planet. I had listened to the audio book cuz I was working at the time. I didn't have the chance to actually sit down and read it, but I was talking to a friend about how C.S. Lewis was actually really good friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. I can't remember. I know they were working, not studying. I believe it was at Oxford or Cambridge. Truth be told, C.S. Lewis actually inspired J.R.R. Tolkien to actually finish The Lord of the Rings. And if it wasn't his influence through their Narnia discussions at a tavern where they would frequent to smoke pipe, shoot dart, I believe they would frequent ale. However, anyway, due to C.S. Lewis's influence, J.R.R. Tolkien actually finished his work. I believe it inspired a lot of people, and that's the only reason I shared that, because he was very discouraged in his time. I can't remember once again, it was Cambridge or Oxford, but the, uh, anyway, he was going through a really difficult time, as was C.S. Lewis, actually, as well, but... Regardless, uh, this was inspired by Out of the Silent Planet. The day was as usual, starting out with coffee and a cigarette. God forbid I don't. One would be liable to lose his head. About the time I get up and get going, I meet the world at its speed and catch up. But today, today was different. I had a little surprise in my briefcase, along with some other paperwork and ramblings for meetings. But today I really wondered if I would make it to any of these damn meetings. Ahead of my firm, I had to let a lot of decent people go. It was really a shame. And that was the third time this month. However, the government escapades were becoming rather distasteful. The rain was falling lightly as I lit a third and turned the lock on the knob, meeting with the traffic. Same as the people, same as the way to work, same way I always say. But the helmsman, he was a few houses shy of when I would typically see him. Guy Fred running the filling station in the tire shop was actually driving by today. Must be on his way to a tow, I thought. Streets were riddled with leaves. It had been overcast all week. A month into winter or so. Nothing changes. Don, my neighbor, still in his garage, wasting away. And Bill, always out reading the paper, smoking his pipe. Came home from the war not that long ago. His wife, Anne, who was always with him, and I, as waves as always as I often do, and I lit my last. A block from the corner store, I always stop, and to and from work. The old musty smell... The lady was an old Brit that I feel had a worse smoking problem than I did myself, and I felt that was was bad. But their coffee was to die for, and I would walk there every day, my same cup in the morning. I'd fill it countless times, however, hoping today would be better than the next. I rushed in past the double doors, 
with their steel frames and hurried in. I asked the secretary to forward me any missed calls. There usually was none. Today was a few. Global market and import export a few. I actually got the use for market trade graphs. I prepared the night before. As always, the first one in the meeting room. Computer, projector set, papers laid out, executives, etc. The heads of our departments, who actually got full copies of the meeting, and graphs with full disclosures. But today, oh, today, I set it all up as I normally do. Cleaned all the ashtrays, all the paperwork. Everyone distributed in order and all along the desks, it all sat neat. Till finally back to mine, which wasn't a set at all, really. I dimmed the lights and brought the shades down. Pulled out my briefcase. I set it in front of me. I undid the latches. I undid the latches as I set my coffee. Staring into the briefcase, I lit another cigarette. Just staring into it, the briefcase. Hashing every so often and staring at the clock. The custodian was late, but he poked his head in every morning. Today, as he always did. Morning, Mr. Scully. How you doing this morning? He was the oldest longing-lasting member of this firm and was here when it was founded. Lived here, breathed here, came with the building. He upkeep it, helps it, me even. I told him to come and sit, because as I always do, I think of him as a friend. And though my name was Sully, he says, because you're Irish, I call you Scully. I prayed to have his room refurbished since I was here and he helped me in every way I could. <clears throat> this morning, and what's the pleasure, sir? As he sat, I gave him a cup of coffee and a muffin and a cigarette. The firm hated it, <clears throat> but I loved my friend. So because I was the only one, I was the only one Paul would respect. He says, because I'm more neighbor-like. But it was more than that. And I did have to tell him a few times we were all supposed to be respected. But I never harped on it. Because I knew no one respected him, you see. But Paul came in and sat with me. Told me his office business. This broke or that broke. However, today I told Paul to take a day off. His eyes got the biggest I'd seen in a while. Damn near choked on his muffin. I said, is that the cigarette or the coffee? He laughed. Almost about died, Mr. Skelly. And he overcame himself. Got real stern and looked me dead. You sure, you sure, you feel oddy, Mr. Skelly? Oh, feel fine. But today I'm making a holiday for you. I even gave him a little side cast, which I also did quite often when I felt he needed but he finished and butted his cigarette out in my ashtray and sat back 
I said, you don't have to run off now. You can stay until some of the others call in. I shut my briefcase and finished the last few of my things. I needed to get ready. Paul spun around the chair a few times, which for whatever reason always made me smile. What is I supposed to do all day off? Look me up and down. Paul, do as you like to. <laughs> Need anything from town? I get it. And you let whoever know call me. should run into any trouble. Tell him I was out running for you. Don't understand, Mr. Scully. He took his hat out of his back pocket and hit the door. And poked back in. Well, after I take care of a few things, so do they have to get done now, I asked. No, they can wait till tomorrow. But I'd rather. Then you go ahead, but make sure you take a late start tomorrow. I ain't paying you to take the day off for no reason. Whatever time you're done, that's when you start tomorrow. Agreed? Yes. Door shut behind him. Little did he know as he left, it was going to be the best day of his life. I planned on leaving the company to him. The building, everything. The lawyer had already drawn all the official paperwork. The last of all the equal rights laws finally passed, so I was able to do a lot for a lot of people. But there was a lot of prejudice, however. I didn't, and I found it all quite distasteful. All people were, no matter who they were. And I really wanted this to be a slap in their face. And all the people from my firm. Because as the owner, I feel it was most qualified he knew more than I did sometimes. I confided in him a lot. Sometimes I'd take him out to dinner or diner a few blocks away. Sometimes he'd always tag along to walk me home, and he'd always insist on it. I found him a better friend than most people I'd met. I sat back in front of the briefcase. I lit another cigarette. Down the last of my coffee... The room seemed cold, as cold as it all really felt. I'd been planning it for months now. Cigarette clenched between my teeth. The barrel was cold below my chin. Goosebumps. Sent shivers down my spine. And the heat kicked on through the vents. The air was so warm. It almost made it all go away. I woke up, the office was still empty. The computer, the projectors, still had papers stacked, it all laid out in order like it had been. Going crazy over work lately. Taking her home, I can't stop thinking about it. Hoping it would all be okay. Stepped in and out of the hall, checking my watch. Was it broke? I was, I was sure I'd changed the battery, damn watch. I wanted it. Just in case the clock in the hall was a quarter after 11, the meeting was set for 11. What happened if I nodded out? I couldn't have been out for that long. The office was empty, it seemed, compared to earlier. Took the elevator to the basement to see if Paul was maybe doing something. I checked the calendar, nothing marked down for today. Could have sworn there would have been, but no. The elevator dinged, I went inside. It was a long way down, longer than it usually seemed.
But a quick trip down the hall and I pulled Paul's key from the key ring. I was the only one allowed a key because Mr. Scully was the only one Paul would have ever going to trust with any of his things, of course, as he often loved to tell people. <laughs> but he was gone. Just a note. Mr. Who's concerns, Scully sent me out for a few things we need around here and a few personal errands. Need me, run personally, mind you whoever concerns, talk to Scully. Love, Paul. Full stop. Well, I set it gently back on the bed and sat at his little dinner table, which I often did. Sad he already left. But hopefully I can talk to him later. But I guess that means he thought I'd trust anyone with his keys. Whoever it may concern, I laughed as I locked the door and went away. I came, even the few stragglers I thought I saw earlier were gone. No one around, empty like a ghost town. On a Wednesday, at the office. The secretary always had a copy of the paper of today's date. Yesterday, I was shocked. She was always, always picks up a copy of the newspaper. I was really puzzled now. Checked the calendar, but today was marked off. I took the elevator back up a few floors, third floor. That's where I needed to be. Still, everything was as it was, but all the lights were off now. Even the computer and projector, I'll leave it. Maybe there's a lunch special somewhere, I wasn't sure. Um, forgive me. I hit the street. Deserted. Empty. Barren. Not a soul around. Corner store. I had my fill of donuts and coffee. Sat there for an hour or so. Took an extra pack of smokes. Takes my money every day. And if you ain't around, I'll, I'll get mine. I saw the department store I usually frequent. I feel I ever need anything, and because it was open, empty, I obliged my way into a nice new suit. The diner was open and empty. Tried my hand at a little cookery, which I feel came out quite wonderfully. I took the long way back to the office to circle past the store I loved for a new pair of wingtip shoes, which I might have had compliments. The suit was quite fine. I circled back past my home. The old vet and Anne were still outside. The neighbor wasn't tinkering away in his garage. The helmsman was parked outside his shop, which was actually a good few blocks from my home or office, to be honest, but maybe it all was a gag. I don't, I don't know. Maybe everyone I knew was giving me the business. Paul along with everybody. All those fancy prejudiced lawyers and all them skipping town thinking it would 
flop all this stuff I planned to do with Paul. Everyone, everyone knew what I planned. What was in my briefcase this morning, maybe. I didn't really know. But the sky overhead still with a light rain. Very light. Cold, overcast sky. Empty, barren, and wet. As was the office. Still barren and empty. Paul hadn't even got back from town yet. And I was sure I didn't run into my friend. I made my way to the roof, followed the stairs down. Followed the stairs down. Found doors and windows. I didn't even know the building had, but empty, nonetheless. Found the seat and the briefcase. I flipped the lights on. Plugged back in the computer and the projector. All the paperwork stacked neatly and laid out. The police officer, Mike, was talking with Paul for a long time. And now you said he gave you the day off, left you all this, and he's the guy you last saw. Yes, sir. But he was more put together the last time I, I saw him, sir. So he was a lot. Uh, yes. Well, police over at radio. One count male, needed for morgue, self-inflicted, brain matter and blood. It's all over the room. In the corner of the male, possible suspect. Paul Reed is no longer suspect. Lawyer just phoned. He's uh, on his way here to clear the name. The secretary yelled through the door. Copy that. Lawyer's on the way. Need coroner and morgue assist. ASAP. The office was buzzing. And as it always was and forever remained a busy place of commerce. My name is Thomas. You're listening to Decades of Horror with the Horror Business Podcast. Good evening.